Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome to Convert Central. I'm Kevin Siddiq Lim, the host of Convert Central, and I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Our podcast focuses on the challenges that Muslim converts face along their conversion journey to help Muslims from all backgrounds to find a strong foothold in Islam. Follow our Instagram and LinkedIn page at Convert Central, and I look forward to sharing with you all the beneficial series we plan for the year. For now, I'd like to welcome you to Season 3 of Convert Central. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Welcome back to Convert Central. So Alhamdulillah, right now we've concluded our marriage series. So um, we're at the point of time at the, at the month where we are featuring a new convert. And uh, today we have with us Brother Mithun. I think um, some of us are not strangers to Brother Mithun. Um, we've actually interviewed him once before on Convert Central. And I'm just going to pause for like maybe five seconds for you guys to think back on what episode he has come on before. Anyone got an idea on what's that episode? Okay, so answer is he, he actually came on with our Idufi 3 episode. Uh, talking about uh, Ramadan and, and its challenges. From then, we actually really wanted to get uh, Mithun's convert story on Convert Central. Alhamdulillah, in September this month, we've gotten the opportunity to do so. Since then, uh, Mithun has been a great friend um, that I've gotten the privilege to know. He's someone who is very intellectual. Um, we've had very, very good discussions about religion and someone who is never, ever shy to learn. I'm very happy to get him on the podcast. And I guess we can start by getting Brother Mithun to introduce himself before we delve into his story of uh, why he came into Islam. Hi everyone. Uh, yes, so thank you, uh, brother Kevin, for introducing me. <laughs> Hi guys, my name is Mithun and I'm an Indian Muslim convert, currently 28. And yeah, this is my first year into the religion as a, a convert. I'll be sharing my convert story today. I hope it helps some of y'all out there who may go through the similar situation or may not. I hope either way, it does help you in your journey. To start off, yeah, I guess we can go back to when I was in secondary school. It started off basically when I was young, uh, in the early teenagers. And back then itself, people would always like uh, assume that I was already a Muslim, although I wasn't back then. They would usually come up to me and say like, oh, are you Muslim? Then when I say I'm not, they said, oh, but you actually look like one. Kind of started off then. So that was my first real interaction or rather association with um, being a Muslim. Moving forward to my JC days, yeah, my closest buddies were of Malay ethnicity. That was when I was really formally introduced to what it was like being a Muslim. We usually would have deep conversations about life, you know, during our lepak sessions after school and stuff, where we discuss about the various religions. So I, I was lucky in the sense that uh, my friends were rather open-minded to have these kind of discussions, you know, understanding about other religions and cultures as well. It would always be a good session as we were all uh, welcoming different perspectives. Mostly it would revolve around the concept of of there being a superior being, as well as uh, the similarities and differences amongst the religions out there. So one example I can remember would be the concept of Kali Yuga in Hinduism, which is close to the final chapter or the end of the world, in comparison or not similar, but not the same as our Day of Judgment in Islam. Then moving forward, uh, during the uni days, I would usually go on trips with my friends. The trips would range from heading out overseas to those simple camping trips at St. John and Pulau Bin. 
there I would remember I would always like uh, watch them pray. If we were at camps, I would usually help them to guard, guard them rather from the stray dogs that would sometimes come. So I had to stand on guard for them. Then at hotels, I would actually be understanding in the sense that uh, whenever they're about to pray, I would like help them out by lowering the TV volume or any music being played or make sure that the environment has no distractions. Then uh, as I watched all of this, right, actually it felt comforting. And the this act of praying back then that was rather alien to me, somehow it just seemed beautiful to me. Like it was very comfortable and pleasing to the eyes. These are the instances what I faced during my school days. In general, I am a guy who likes to be organized. That's something that uh, Islam actually was attractive to me as well. Because basically, there's this guidebook, the Quran. It teaches us how to do good things, uh, follow things that are permissible, and to avoid things that are impermissible. Even in the hadith, actually, yeah, even uh, the ways of the Prophet, peace, uh, peace be upon him, it actually teaches us how to be a good human being in general. And uh, there was also another instance where I went over to one of my friend's house during Hari Raya. And yeah, one of their mothers actually men uh, mentioned that she prayed for the day our group actually comes to comes back uh, to his house for Hari Raya, all with partners. Chidingly, she said, uh, it would be a bonus if my partner was a uh, Muslim as well. So little did I know it would be some sort or rather some form of dua back then itself for me. So during the years across since secondary school up until up till date, uh, I also had my fair share of personal struggles. This had always led me to question uh, why good people always appear to be punished and those who do harm seem to be living a lavish and rather luxurious life or comfortable life. I had questioned why many things happen uh, rather not in my favor, although I was doing good things, I wasn't hurting people, you know, I was being a good human, being uh, mindful of and respecting people and things still did not appear to be you know, sunshine over the rainbow kind of uh, situation. Yeah, so these kind of things and getting deep into this uh, rather difficult topic of questions actually brought me down or rather spiraled down the rabbit hole of sadness and depression along the way. It really uh, broke me as a person, I would say. And it was, I, would, I must admit, it was very difficult. I even resorted to drinking back then heavily. I would be known as the guy who, you know, drinks a lot actually back then. Yeah. After every downturn, I would resort to uh, drinking heavily. It was sometime after these episodes that I told myself I had to seek for help. And I thought of doing it through the form of uh, finding a religion. So this was where I actually read up a bit on the Bible, went back to listen on some Hindu scriptures and heard uh, the verses of the Quran as well. In essence, back then, to me, every one of them pointed towards 
one thing that would help me out of my difficult situation, which was the concept of perseverance. But it was one day when I had a dream. Before we continue like um, about dreams, right? As non-Muslim or as secular citizens growing up, right? We are presented with the view that anything unscientific shouldn't be regarded as, as a basis of reference, right? But over one and a half years of interviewing converts, more introspection into ourselves that everyone can do, right? We realize that science can't really explain everything. Um, things that science can't explain, feelings of love, um, how do you quantify that? It's not a um, definitive list. And dreams are just one of them, right? So um, part of living in our secular society is also understanding that science isn't the key to everything in life. It's one of the tools that we can use but if one wants to use dreams as a basis, don't um, deny or reject that notion um, for them. You know, for ourselves, maybe we, we are resigned to do so based on our preferences. But for others, don't, don't deny that, um, that avenue for them just because you might not understand it through science. I, I wanted actually, that, this thought came out immediately after when you talk about dreams because some comments do come into Islam through dreams. We've, I've um, spoken to one who saw the Kaaba in his dreams before knowing what but Kaaba it was. actually was. Okay. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that led him to discover Islam. Eventually, you might find out the truth, you might not. But in Islam, um, as you all know, as, as you know, for born Muslims who are listening to this podcast or converts, dreams have a significant meaning, right? And of course, we always want to see the Prophet in our dreams, something that we strive to do for if one sees the Prophet in his dream, you know, it is guaranteed that he will see him in the hereafter, in the flesh. So, um, you know, this is something that all Muslims want, right? So, especially as Muslims, we, 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 we can't deny the feasibility and validity of dreams, right? But, you know, it, uh, to each his own, right now, it's just uh, pointing out the fact that, you know, talking about dreams isn't something that quantifies um, someone's experience being, being denied or rejected, right? Uh, passing the time back to you, Mr. Okay, thank you, brother Kevin. Basically, in this dream, it was where I felt the calling. I am not able to exactly explain what happened inside per se, or rather, I wish not to go there because it can open a debate to some people out there, which I wouldn't want. In summary, it's a dream. And in this dream, I felt a moment of contentment, a moment of relief when I woke up. And mind you, it was all after this moment of craziness that was going around in my life. Uh, I was emotionally damaged, mentally damaged, physically extremely underweight. During this period where it felt good to have that feeling of contentment and relief as I woke up. To add on to contact on that part, this was the night where I met my group of friends. We were having a conversation and they were casually sharing uh, with me about how of this story of a person who actually was out in the field. He read the Quran front to back, front to back, and he wanted a sign, any sign, to show him Allah is true and that he would convert immediately. If I recall correctly, it was when the wind blew and, you know, the page that it was turned to was uh, mentioning that along the lines of there were so many signs, what other sign do you need? I felt like there was a connection. That, that was when basically when I wanted to learn more about Islam. And the more I went into it along the way, uh, with the help of Darul Arkham, of course, with their basic uh, courses, such as foundation courses. So, so it did help me get uh, 
more in-depth knowledge of what the religion was about. It was the whole experience of over the years where it kind of made me understand that this was this religion actually suited me, suited my way of life as I am a person of being an organized person, being a person who is always believing in doing good and it will be rewarded somehow and that those who do evil or rather do bad things should they guilty there will be a way or there is someone always to you know take care of them to punish them so it was that gave me introduction or rather interest in the religion altogether but in summary what really made me decide to convert was the day when I had a heart-to-heart conversation with one of my friends. He came to me and he asked me, when I mentioned to him that uh, I was planning on converting, all he did was, uh, he stopped me there for a moment. He asked me to drop everything. And he asked me to be truthful to myself, but not tell him the answer. The answer was for me and me alone. And only Allah will know the answer because it's, yeah, that close and personal. So the question he asked me was, am I converting for the sake of converting or am I converting to please others out there? Till now, I have the answer within me and I am happy to say that I am glad to have converted. And that is the story of my conversion. Thank you. I <laughs> hope it wasn't too boring. It was, it was good. It was good. Don't worry about that. Okay, the first thing I want to ask you is, can you refer me to that makcik that made dua for you so that I could find her to make dua for me too? Can. <laughs> yeah, and um, I, I listened to your story before in a more abbreviated version. Something that really struck me um, about your story is there was not one central figure really suit the deal for you. It was a lifelong perception of Islam, continuous clarification of misconceptions that may have came through the media and other sources, through your friends, through people that you see around you, and your own experiences, mostly grounded in the behaviours of the Muslims that you observe, right? So, point being, number one is, sometimes we as Muslims, as we all are already, and for all the Muslims who are listening, we might not think highly of our actions when we are around our friends who are non-Muslim. We, we think it's just a prayer, we, I do it five times a day, right? You know, we don't think much of it. But coming from the flip side, you've seen how the prayer of his friends affects, um, has given him a seed of interest in Islam. Because this, these are things that people don't normally see in, in life around us, right? As a non-Muslim, you don't usually see a high amount of commitment to something that is non-tangible. Like, like what Brother Minson mentioned, you don't see the practical value in it. What's the point of being nice, right? If good people are people who are suffering in this world and bad people get all they want. It's so hard to understand our society nowadays without a proper guide, right? Number one, as, as born Muslims then, uh, we should try to prioritize our, our acts of ibadah. Don't have to flaunt it around uh, our non-Muslim friends, but be serious in it. For we, we might never know that we might be planting the next seed that would you know, eventually spawn into a new convert. So that's number one. And number two is, is for the prospective Muslims out there who are, who, who are intending to come into Islam, take Brother Mitten's story as an example, right? That it's not something that it's out of the blue to consider Islam. Like we are blessed to be living in Singapore where we get to be around people that are not like ourselves, who don't come from the same background, religion or culture. You know, just like how exploring Christianity when, when at a time of your life where you, know, you think that might be viable for you. Exploring Islam is something similar. 
where you're trying to see whether that guideline that has been set by a particular religion fits your life and is something that you want to apply to the, all aspects of your life. This is something that is normal for people to consider. And being, being Singapore, as mentioned, we are blessed that we have people who emulate their lifestyle for us to see. Right? So if, if we are feeling we are out of the blue to consider um, learning about Islam, don't be. You know, there are many resources you know, that we will be happy to refer you guys to. Darul Rakam is one of them to learn about Islam in a way that is balanced and hopefully we won't, uh, through the learning of Islam, learn the wrong version of Islam. But the worst thing that we want to do is to learn from unverified sources. And of course, um, what, one of them would be the internet because uh, as, as it comes to religion, it's not an issue that just picks Islam, but also all, all religions out there where there are different takes to a particular religion, right? And we need someone to guide us through that. This is probably the most difficult part when it comes to being a new Muslim to, uh, to navigate the, the different opinions when it comes to religion, to find someone to help to navigate. So thank you for sharing with us your story. I think your story is, is one that exemplifies how a community builds a convert. As we know in Commerce Central, faith comes in many different ways. Allah knows best how someone can be brought into Islam. Be it through an encounter, at the end of the day, um, we are happy that we receive this gift as of faith, right? So, so thanks for sharing with us uh, your gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, all right. Um, I, I wanted to focus on some of the different parts of your um, story, right? And, and I'll start with the first one, right? And the first one would be, while you were exploring other religions, you mentioned you dabbled into Hinduism, Christianity, and the associated religions. Um, what was the thing about Islam that drew you the most into the religion? Okay, so for me, basically, would be... The random, okay, this one would be more scientific for me. So it would be how the Quran had the, it really had mentioned about the speed of light in itself and many more scientific discoveries that were was in the Quran years before actually we ourselves humans discovered it. So that is one. The second one is how the book, okay, currently I'm studying more into it. So it there's also a beauty or rather a system where or rather how the Quran is being formed actually. Yeah, but it shows how well balanced the uh, the holy book is from the first page all the way to the last page. There's this form of circular unity, if I'm not wrong. I won't go into the exact terms because I might be wrong. The second part for me would be the prayers, praying five times a day. It actually makes sense to me because people might, think of it as being, you know, or rather I was one of them. Maybe we can use that as an example. I was one of them. I was wondering, isn't it too time consuming to pray five times a day? Isn't it difficult to pray five times a day when you got school, when you have work? But when I actually started doing it or started practicing it, it's actually not that difficult. If we set our priorities right, every prayer timing, you we just have to set ourselves like five to ten minutes. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I guess for those who are smokers out there, I can use this as an example. Instead of using that 15-minute smoke break, you could afford that 5 to 10 minutes prayer and then you do whatever you need to do after that. I think, I think many a times when people come into Islam or we see our friends coming to Islam, we might not think that the religion, the reason why they're coming to Islam is, is because of the rationality they can find in the religion, right? Or sometimes we are afraid to find rationality in Islam as converts because we have the perception that Islam is, doesn't make sense from how it's being portrayed, right? You know, I myself got brought into Islam through the um, rationality of it. Same, it came to the Quran, I was like, no way this kitab, this book, this holy book is written by God. Like, definitely, 
um, you know, one, one person could have written it. And then you start to learn, you start to dwell with the intention of trying to debunk, right? Um, that was me. Um, you start to find more and more miracles that, that, find it, that, they, that you know, prove only the fact that this can't be written by a human being. And not just in the literary miracles, not just in the geographical miracles, but also in the foresight of the Quran, right? It's depicted events that would happen in, in, in the course of history, hundreds of years after the demise of the Prophet And even to today, it's used as a basis of reference to forecast what's going to happen in, in the future. I will quote the great Dr. Zakir Naid in one of the events. He, he will mention that, yes, we, we might not know that for sure 100% of the Quran is correct at this point of time in our level of science. Quran right now, you know, is about 80-20%. 80% of it, 100% correct. Right? It's been proven through science. It's, it's, it's completely correct. 20% of it, ambiguous. But 0.000% of it, none of it, of that 20% is, is proven wrong yet. So the Quran is a very credible basis for our belief. You know? And I would rather believe in something that has 80% proven right, 20% not proven wrong, you know, as, as my basis of belief. Of course, when it comes to religion, there's a leap of faith. For those who are exploring religion, come and look into Islam with a rational mind. Don't be afraid to do so. The worst, come to worst, you, you, you will not find the reason that you want to find. It's okay. But allow Islam and the rationality within it to impress you, you know, to take you on a journey of self-discovery. And you might find yourself wanting to become a Muslim eventually at the end of it. That's that. You look like you want to comment on that, Mithun. Would you like to comment on what I said? Okay, yeah. So, <laughs> guess I can share my personal experience on this. It is difficult to rather justify your reasons or wants to choosing a religion per se, and in this case, uh, Islam. For myself, although you can see that uh, I was drawn by the technical side of it as well, but in essence, what you are getting or rather what you are believing in when you come into the religion is primarily, number one, there is only one God, Allah, and he has no partners. Number two, Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is our last messenger. So in essence, it is this uh, the concept of this, and then the rest are accompanied by it. So you have to start from within, I, I would personally say, that which cannot be quantifiable, in my opinion, the feeling or rather the belief of uh, this concept. And also further to that, maybe I can share, like for example, right now I'm a Muslim and I haven't met my friends ever since Yeah, I converted some of my friends and I met them for the first time after a very long time. Some of them are actually in shock and they do... Uh, share their rejection or rather teachings. I, I wouldn't say I went or rather went through it all, but for them, they don't believe in the concept of uh, the afterlife. And it is okay because the world is as such where we are open-minded enough to respect everyone's uh, opinions, but at the same time, we hold strong to our own beliefs. And that's very important in my opinion. 100% agree. The general observation of Islam around the world is that Muslims are the and I say this with a good intent behind it Muslims are the least tolerant when it comes to religion and that's a good thing because that gives us standards right you know if someone were to talk about the prophet of Islam and Muslims won't take lightly to that and of course our reactions and our response should be moderated but this goes to show that when it comes to Islam we respect all views we respect any view that comes it's, it's not a place of mockery for Muslims to make fun of right but regardless of the views that you come with we have our belief we have things that we respect and we do a very good job at respecting them. One of the beauties of Islam, if you think about it, in today's world where everything is subjective, I think that um, something very good that you mentioned, people really might not believe in what you're, what you're saying, especially at the get-go when you're uh, taking your shahada, right? 
um, <laughs> and they, they might question your intentions and all. But the important thing is that you know yourself. You know, in time, you know, two, three years down the road, you know, people won't really talk about that anymore. The main thing is that you have to prove to yourself, you have to know yourself that you're doing this for sake of Allah. You know, and, and it's okay to have fuzzy intentions at the start, mixed intentions, because how is it possible for us to even fully purify our intentions, you know? It's, it's such a difficult thing to do. But the important thing is that you stay in Islam for the sake of Allah. That's our goal, right, as Muslims. Every day we strive towards that goal. So thank you for sharing about, um, you know, a lot of different thoughts of why you came to Islam as, as a rational thing. And definitely this is something that a lot of youth face in this, uh, in this situation, in, 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 our, in our Singaporean context where um, we are trying to find logic in a lot of things. A big part due to how we were brought up uh, to believe in science and, and contrary experiments and all, and I was one of them. Um, the last part before we end the podcast, um, I just wanted to ask about some of the challenges you, you met on, on your way to convert or after conversion. I, th- I think one of them is your family and perhaps you could share about that a little bit and give an advice on a prospective Muslim and dealing with that in your situation as an Indian Muslim. Um, and and yeah, maybe share one or two more of the challenges that you might have faced. Okay, sure. So uh, as some of you already know, I'm from a Hindu background. My family, is, uh, they, they practice Hinduism. In essence, it is difficult for me to have them accept the idea that uh, I am converting slash converted because to them, fundamentally, what they feel is you are born as X, you die as X. So for them, there is no room for any changes or changes in opinion, basically, for religion. Because for them, being a traditional family, they they would like for everyone to follow the tradition, such as uh, visiting temples, praying, uh, going for the Hindu events. Like the recent one would in my household would be this thing called Poratasi, where they will be fasting for one month. Basically, they would be a vegetarian for a month. So it's these kind of things that, you know, they wish to practice as a family. Yeah, these are the kind of challenges that I honestly experience at home. Okay, number one is it is still in the gray area for my parents to accept it that I have converted. Secondly, uh, it would be the praying. Since I can't really pray at home, I really try to find ways to do it. One is sometimes when they fall asleep, that's that's when I first tried to do it back then. Then recently, since I'm at office, I will just pray what I can at office. And the rest of the time, now that uh, mosques uh, allow people to go in and pray, uh, we I I can I have been trying to do that as well you basically make do with what you can for the time being in the hopes that Allah accepts your prayers given the circumstances and situation secondly would be food okay food was not so much of a problem because my family doesn't eat pork or beef the only switch was to ensure that the food the source of it rather would be uh, halal then the next one would be the family gatherings. Okay, so for the upcoming Deepavali, I am more or less sure that we would gather as a family, provided uh, COVID regulations allow us. But yeah. there is definitely the involvement of alcohol, which yeah. uh, I have been synonymous with in my uh, amongst my relatives. Yeah. Yeah. Fortunately and unfortunately. So it 
will definitely be a challenge for me to tell them that, uh, you know, I, I can't drink, I wish not to drink. So yeah, it, it will definitely be a challenge. But to me, I think they, they are quite of mature age. So I, I believe that they will be mature enough to understand that regardless whether I'm Muslim or not, whether I want, I wish to drink or not would be my own personal opinion and it should be respected mm. rather than being um, debated about. Yeah. So overall, these are my challenges so far. Alhamdulillah. I'm, I'm so happy that we caught you at the right time where you are thinking about and still in the midst of um, managing your family um, and the challenges associated with it. Even at three and a half years in, it is still a struggle. It's still a challenge. To the day where, inshallah, you know, we hope that they take their shahada along with us. Mm-hmm. Family, family is one of the most difficult things to balance as a convert. A balance between how to serve them, how to respect them, and how to keep our faith um, in the midst of that, right? Definitely something that we have to experience and we have to attune to over time. You know, the, the challenges that you've mentioned, you know, some of them you have not encountered yet. Yeah, they, they, they lie in the future. Some of them, they have, um, you have already encountered them, dealing with them thus far. What do you think is the mindset that a convert should have when it comes to, you know, dealing with specific family challenges, you know, that you've learned through your journey? I think what they should keep in mind is that you are basically not alone in this. You are definitely not alone in this. I, I believe someone somewhere out there is going through the similar or same struggles. But I just hope you stay strong and keep your faith because Allah will help us through difficult times. And secondly, he tests those whom he knows can be tested and will be able to handle the tests. To me, I take it with that stride. And also, it, it help, definitely helps me. It also helps that miraculously at times, I feel that Allah has answered my prayers in the sense where my brother, because he has his own business, so he uses the room most of the time. We share a room, uh, basically. So when he leaves the whole day for like meetings or something, I am able to fulfill my prayers on time throughout the whole day. Yeah, it's through these forms that I feel my prayers have always been answered and Allah knows when to just push me just, you know, just right and at the same time pull back as much as I personally can handle. Just stay strong and keep mm. believing. Trust me, miracles do happen. Alhamdulillah. I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know, after coming to Islam, that's where, you know, a lot of our challenges begin, right? But don't forget that, like, now you're not just you against the world, right? It's you and Allah and, and Islam against your challenges. And no one will be able to triumph against you. No challenge will be, ever be, over, be able to overtake you if Allah is on your side. Right? And, and one of the narrations uh, mentioned that when someone feels most alone, that's when Allah is closest to him. That's when he is closest to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, you are now empowered by a religion that gives you guidance, that gives you hope, right? That if you dip your toes into, uh, you will gain some wisdom and, and, and you'll be able to fight on. You know, that you, you, are, you are now a company and you are now recognized by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as a, as a Muslim. The same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that says that if you come to me one hand span, I will come to you one arm's length. You know, if you walk to me, I will run to you. You know, the same Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that comes down every day before subo at 5 a.m., he comes to the closest heaven to the earth and, and, he, and he asks, and any of my servants will like anything from me. 
you know, just ask my servants. He's asking for you to ask him for, for his bounties, right? So this is Allah. This is the God that Allah who is with us now, who recognizes that you are one of his beloved Muslims. And you are one of the, the Ummah of the Prophet his beloved. Never think that you're alone. At Comet Central, we strive to make that happen, uh, to help converts on, on, on their journey, right? We strive to help us contextualize Islam for the layman, series like Thinking It Through, where if you don't understand any part about religion or why there has to be afterlife, we have catered that special series for you. So anyone who wants to take that journey with us, head down to that series and, and listen to it, right? And lastly, we try to build a community for, for people like Brother Mithun. You know, at the start, might need some friends to... Um, we, we strive to help people like, like, like Brother Mason, you know, because we've had the opportunity of being around good Muslims when we started our, 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 our journey of faith. And we see how the benefits of it. So don't miss out the benefits of being in a jama, being in a congregation. You know, the benefits are multiple exponentially when you're doing it with someone, something good for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We're going to talk about that later on in the next podcast that will be released on, on in the next episode. We're going to talk about community, how Brother Mason has found a community how um, some of the challenges he's faced are solved by finding a community and the importance of having a community in a pursuit of religion, especially as a budding Muslim, inshallah. So um, thank you so much, Brother Mithun, for coming up to Convert Central to share your story. It's been a pleasure having you. And inshallah, we'll see you there in the next episode. And I'll uh, end this podcast by reciting Tasbih Kafara and Surah to Asr. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika. Ashadu ala ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka wa tubi like. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Allah, in the